From ESPN Films and ESPN Audio, you're listening to 30 for 30 Plus. My name is Jody Avergan. This is our series of bonus podcasts in between seasons, conversations with filmmakers about recent 30 for 30 films. This week on 30 for 30 Plus, a peek behind the curtain of an epic sit-down between two NFL legends. The relationship spanned a lot of years. I mean, I know it was 16 years together, but then it's probably another 20-some on top of that. That's Bill Belichick, who is making his 11th Super Bowl coaching appearance this year and his 8th as head coach of the Patriots. The long relationship he's referring to is with the man who was head coach for Belichick's other Super Bowl appearances, Bill Parcells. It was a long time ago. You know, that started in 1981. We were in the same office at the old Giants Stadium. That's where I kind of really got to know him. The new 30 for 30 film produced by NFL Films is called The Two Bills, and it chronicles their close and at times rocky relationship. That relationship started in the 1980s with the New York Giants, but took a turn in 2000 while they were both coaching for the New York Jets. That's when Belichick left to become head coach of the Patriots, and for years after, the two men didn't talk. They were not what you call true friends. As far as I know, I think they're friends. It's more friendly than it is friends. I definitely see them as the best frenemies. Like, you don't get them together together in the same room. The basis for the documentary The Two Bills is an interview with Parcells and Belichick, the first joint interview they've done since 1991. They sat down with director Ken Rogers, and I recently sat down with him, too, to talk about the film. I began asking him if he can pinpoint what motivates these two successful but very different coaching legends. It's the love of competition. It's the juice. And it really comes down to that final soundbite you hear from Bill Parcells saying that nothing comes close to the juice that Belichick gets out there on a Sunday. And he now has to find it elsewhere. There's just an addiction to that high of competition in both of them. But it comes from different perspectives. Belichick really loves the chess match Mm -hmm. of looking at every scheme, every play, every detail of everything you could study. I could dig in the details for a long time, keeping the offense off balance. And after you kind of look like you're in a pattern to break that pattern. Parcells is like a general who loves just standing atop the hill, watching the troops go about the battle. And there's just something about that game day that has bonded them. And they see things the same way in the big picture about what drives them, even though on the granular level, they're so different as men. I look back at those years with Bill as some of the best years of my life, best years of my coaching career. And then we've got that time of exhilaration where you hoist that championship trophy over your head, and I don't know what happens, but some mystical blood kinship is formed. There's a pretty remarkable moment in the film, which I think is from a previous NFL Films doc, but you know, you use it to great effect here, where Belichick is back at Giant Stadium and he walks by an office, which he spent many, many hours in, and he starts to cry. Come in here Saturday morning, ride the bike go through three or four games of the next team we were going to play. It's a lot of of hours here. It's hard not to get choked up about it. Which I think just in general is something surprising 
to see from Bill Belichick. Correct me if you think I'm wrong there. But I'm wondering what is really going on there. He says, you know, we spent a lot of hours here. What does that tell us about what makes him tick? I mean, that'll be ingrained in my memory for the rest of my life. That was in 2009. And they were playing the Jets at Giant Stadium. So it was the last season in that stadium. And I said, would you give us a tour of Giant Stadium? And he just started walking and talking. And he showed us all these things in his memory that were important to him. And I said, if you could go back and talk to that guy that you were 30 years ago, and you could tell him something about how it's all going to work out, that you're going to be the head coach that you are now, what would you say to him? And I think the thought of talking to his former self is what really got to him. That's when he sort of got emotional and, and just said, I never thought it would turn out like this. You can just see that he's realizing all those dreams that he had back then have worked out. You know, I was just trying to establish my coaching career, be a good coach, win some games. Damn, I spent a lot of hours in that room. So we spend a lot of time these days because of how successful he is talking about Bill Belichick and trying to sort of track his success. But obviously, this story is about a relationship with him and Bill Parcells, who I think football people recognize as a legend, but has maybe faded naturally from the, the consciousness over the last decade or so. How much of a goal of it was it for this film to kind of restore Parcells and then, you know, the relationship between the two to, to prominence? Yeah, I think it was a, a great reminder. I don't know that his reputation needs restoring in, you know, the New York metropolitan area. Yeah. That's for sure. You know, everything goes back to Parcells when it comes to the Giants. I mean, the Giants have always succeeded the Parcells way. You know, Coach Coughlin, who won the other two Super Bowls, was assistant coach for him. And a bunch of people will say that the Belichick way when it comes to head coaching is the Parcells way. And that was really the reminder is that we can all look at Bill Belichick and what he's achieved. And we can see traces of a lot of different philosophies. That's who Bill Belichick is. He takes things from a lot of different sources. But one of the biggest is... Bill Parcells, and he admits that in this film. I learned so much. I mean, that was a springboard for, you know, really most everything else that happened. For Bill Parcells, I think that was the, the big takeaway for me is how much credit Bill Belichick gave Bill Parcells in this film. But what specifically, you know, does Belichick learn from Parcells when they are outwardly facing at least so different. What is it that is the, the overlap between the two of them? Here's what it is. There's a history of great coordinators and great football coaches in the NFL who never become great head coaches because they can't handle the big picture. Hmm. They're great with the X's and O's, but how do you handle the whole organization? You have to deal with personalities. You have to deal with PR. You have to deal with ownership. The things you have to deal with are so big picture. You are the captain of a ship. You're not the one concentrating on one oar. That is what Bill Belichick learned from Bill Parcells. I mean, Parcells is a leader. When Parcells walks in a room, everyone turns and, and wants to listen to what he says. Everyone is charmed by him, and he led an organization that way. 
And Belichick never really had that. He couldn't charm a whole team to go out there and give 10% hmm. more. He learned how to do that, I think, from Parcells. So were there any topics or questions that were either taken off the table, so to speak, beforehand? Were there any conditions to the interview? And then I guess during the interview itself, were there certain topics that you just didn't broach or or were shut down? There were none that weren't broached, but as you can tell, they did fight back on some. You know, the Jets situation and and the resignation of Coach Belichick and and the fallout. Due to the various uncertainties surrounding my position as it relates to the team's new ownership, um, I've decided to resign as the head coach of the New York Jets. Which is when Belichick was supposed to jump into the head coaching position on the Jets after Parcells, but then ended up through lots of weird uh, machinations leaving for New England instead. I was going to step down and Bill Belichick immediately ascends to the head coach of the Jets. NFL sources say what Belichick wanted was a chance to talk to the Patriots and that he's disappointed the Jets denied it. I would like to wish the entire New York Jet organization, the players, the coaching staff, and the new ownership uh, the very best of luck for a prosperous future. Um, I doubt there would be any questions at this point. In the relationship between Belichick and Parcells is certainly something that, you know, they don't want to talk about. Imagine you and your sibling had a great relationship over 40 years, but for three years you didn't talk because of some stupid argument that you were both wrong and you both could have done a better job of reaching out. And someone wants to do a retrospective on your relationship and all they want to ask about is, hey, what about when you were pissed at each other and didn't want to talk? I mean, and that's what everyone wants to do when it comes to the Belichick-Parcells relationship. And that was their fear for doing this film, for doing any sort of piece about their relationship is, oh, they're just going to want to, you know, do the Jets thing. That's what they call it, the Jets thing. You just want to do the Jets thing. Right. And my answer was, well, that's... That's a dramatic story. (laughs) When they split, they didn't talk for years. Parcells and Belichick didn't talk for years. I was in denial. I didn't want to see two of my favorite coaches at words or lack of words and not sharing words. So I didn't want to know that. I didn't want to know the true answers. Yeah, they were mad at each other, but they really cared about each other. After the break, we'll find out how director Ken Rogers tackled the topic of the fallout between the two coaches, and we'll explore how the media spotlight amped up that conflict. Fair to say, now that the water is under the bridge, you two were pretty pissed at each other? I wouldn't say that. Uh, From a personal standpoint, I didn't. I didn't have any... Hold on a second. My camera just went out. We had this great moment that obviously was in the film where it just so happened that we were in just starting to ask about that period where they were angry at each other and one of our cameras went down. So we stopped because I don't want to miss anything. Mm-hmm. So Coach Belichick pipes up and says... So Kenny, I think this really is symbolic of where this conversation's going right here. The camera drops out. Nobody really wants to hear about it. So this looks like the perfect segue to move on. And it was just such a natural moment. And the way he smiles and grins at me, and it's just his way of saying, look, 
we know what has to be done here. And both Bill and I feel like it's a bunch of overwrought stuff created mostly by the outside. It's a soap opera type story that's dominated the headlines. Bill Parcells and Bill Belichick going toward midfield. Everyone loves reality TV, but these are human beings trying to work through real human emotions and human conflict. And they were like, yeah, this is a disagreement. I wish everyone else would just stay out of it so we could run its course naturally more quickly. I think the big picture I came away from when this taboo subject from really everyone that I interviewed is that their relationship would have healed a lot quicker and a lot easier if they weren't constantly reminded of it in the public eye. It became the self-created thing by the media where now Belichick would read something about Parcells and maybe get a little more not angry, but like, well, what's going on with him over there that this is being written and the, the rumors and the, and the creation of that split maybe didn't drive them further apart, but kept them from coming back together. And you can see in the film the hoopla around their matchup when Parcells was in Dallas in 2003 just was so over the top. The Dallas Cowboys are the turnaround story of the season in the NFL. Then comes Bill Parcells. They are now first place in the NFC East. This was the pregame interaction between the two coaches. From our view, nothing. This doesn't even Was there any part of you feeling like, oh, I'm going to help them and their relationship? Did you ever feel like, oh, I'm here to kind of help these two people further their bond? <laughs> I didn't know what was going to happen when they walked in the room together. None of us did. You know, they agreed to be there. And what I found out pretty quickly was that I was the outsider. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I thought maybe I would have to play Peacemaker. And it turns out they teamed up against me. I think what you're making a little more of this than really what, what it was. I really do. I'm at 75 years old. I'm not worried about what happened 10 or 11 or 12 years ago. And I love that you kept a lot of those moments in there. I mean, it seems like a kind of a bond between the two of them. And frankly, I think a way that a lot of men bond together, they kind of like rag on something together. And sometimes that's you. You could tell that they were at their best and at their most comfortable when they were bonded together against a common opponent. <laughs> and in this interview, there were times, not many, but yeah. there were times when I was that opponent. But I didn't have to worry about bonding them together. I had to worry about cracking the facade and, and getting in the relationship. And we set it up, actually, to try to really replicate that. You know, we really wanted to put the audience at the table with them. We ha had no idea that we were going to utilize a, a split-screen effect. We were switching between angles, and we just kept saying, oh, that close-up of Belichick is great when he's just listening to Parcells. And then we would look at Parcells when he was listening to Belichick and go, oh, that's great when he's just listening. And so I just started thinking, you know what, why don't we just keep both of them up? And we started doing research, and what really sold it for me, believe it or not, was some of the comedies of the 1950s. Huh. So the motion picture production code back then, it was illegal to show men and women in bed together. So in movies like uh, Indiscreet, which was 1958 with Cary Grant and Ingrid Bergman, they would be on the phone together 
in different beds, visually laying next to each other talking. And as soon as I saw that, I said, that's what we're doing here. You know, you can't get Bill Belichick and you're not going to have them hug and sit next to each other and cuddle, but they have this sort of bond and putting them in a split screen close up and close up allows you as a viewer to look at each of them, no matter who is talking and share in that intimacy. So what would have happened if you showed up for this interview with a bed? (laughs) I think the interview wouldn't have happened. Yes. (laughs) So there's this moment early in the film. I don't know if it's you or someone else who's interviewing Belichick as he's driving into Giant Stadium and says, how would you sum up this relationship? And he says, you know, friend, mentor, competitor. Yeah. Well, that moment is, I think, one of several in the film where you really see the the true thought process of one of these coaches because he sort of pauses as if he doesn't know what to say next and I offer up enemy and you know I, I sort of wanted to put it out there and say was he at one time your enemy and you can see him thinking you can see him calculating the entire history of their relationship before he just said Competitor, yeah. Yeah, competitor, which is his way of saying, I'm going to not acknowledge the fact that you asked me if he was my enemy and reiterate the word I chose very purposefully, competitor. And the way I've sort of looked at these two men after doing this film is that it's not that different than the relationship with coworkers that all of us have. Think of your closest coworker, you're probably really friendly. You've probably spent more time with that person than you've spent with a lot of your, quote, friends in real life. Is there some sort of rivalry there because you're both at the same level at work and you, and you push each other? Most likely. And, and that's the relationship they have. And I think it's a very natural relationship. And there was some unspoken things said. Yeah just in their body language, just in the way they said things to each other that I don't know if everyone will pick up on it, but it wasn't necessarily the words. It was the way they looked at each other that it just made you know everything's all right and we're as good as we've ever been and as good as we're ever going to be. What about love? Yeah. Yeah, I think I would agree with that. There's there's certainly a uh, strong feeling on my part. Have you told each other you love each other? Oh, I don't know about that. I'm not kissing them goodbye, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Must be really sentimental for you when you I, come back to Giants. You know, this is a blood kinship. Yeah. Ken Rogers of NFL Films is the director of the new 30 for 30, The Two Bills. You can find it in iTunes and in the ESPN app. We've included a link to that in the show description. Just click and you can start watching right now. If you're listening to us for the first time and haven't heard our first run of original audio documentaries, you can find all nine of them in the ESPN app or Apple Podcasts. This episode was produced by Andrew Parsons with help from Ryan Nantel and Vin DeAnton. We had additional production support from Aaron Leiden, Jenna Anthony, Jennifer Thorpe, Tony Chow, and Terry Mader. 
My name is Jody Avergan. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in the coming weeks with more 30 for 30. 